Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Lamy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh, hey, you know I'm still buzzing over Outbound last week, Daryl. But you know what the best oh. part of it was is I got to see you live and in person, and we actually recorded a podcast face to face, not face to Zoom, right? Not That's not, right. not <laughs> zooming in on each other, but we actually a live podcast. It was so fun. And if you missed last week's podcast episode, we broadcast uh, from the Outbound Studios at the Outbound Conference in Atlanta. And you're absolutely right, Larry. It was amazing uh, not only seeing you, but also seeing our friends, Jeb Blunt, Mark Hunter, Anthony, and just go down the list of all the friends we got to see there at Outbound. Victor Antonio was there hamming it up, emceeing the whole thing. It was a, uh, as we said, it was going to be a rock show of sales, but it wasn't just a rock show. I felt like I got a, uh, like a university degree in selling while I was there. I learned so much even after being in sales for almost 30 years. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, I always tell people, if you didn't walk away with one or two nuggets, then you were sleeping through Outbound because it was, <laughs> you know, everyone I talk to, they go, it's like drinking water through a fire hose for two and a half days. It was it was uh, refreshing for sure. <laughs> I was very challenged. Hey, one of the cool things is if you go to outboundconference.com right now, you can actually get a discount on the advanced price for the 2022 tickets. And uh, it's going to be in September of 2022. 22, 20, 22. <laughs> Let's spit that out. Hey, and you want to be there. I'm telling you, if you missed this, if you weren't able to come alive, if you went virtually, I just say, put this on your calendar, make it happen. Uh, we'll see you there. It's going to be a fantastic event. And I know if, as you say, Larry, uh, if you want to uh, collect, you have to invest. Uh, this is a great way to invest in yourself. So huge shout out. Also a shout out today as we get ready to uh, kick off what is going to be a very inspirational and practical conversation. We want to give a shout out to our good friends at BombBomb. BombBomb is rehumanizing business. They are enabling us to sell from the heart in very powerful and practical ways. And Larry, I just love loved seeing Jeb Blunt Jr. last week at Outbound teaching on the practical ways to use video in the sales process. And BombBomb is opening that door for all of us to be able to move our deals forward faster. You know, in, in this, in the world that we live in today, video is so important. And, and I would encourage all the sales professionals out there, get used to it because there's no better way to bring yourself to life than to rehumanize yourself through the power of video. Yeah, you definitely want to check it out. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know uh, what big fans we are of BombBomb. So go to BombBomb.com. That's B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com slash heart and try BombBomb absolutely free for 14 days. You're going to really appreciate the way this helps you move your deals through the pipeline. Incredibly powerful. 
Well, Larry, you know, when it comes to selling, one of the things we need is grit and determination and to be able to thrive in adversity. And today's guest uh, is going to really encourage us and challenge us uh, along that, uh, along those lines. And I'm so excited to, uh, why don't you introduce our friend Austin and let's dive in. Oh man, Austin Hatch is as well. What what an amazing human Austin is. I got a chance to watch Austin speak at, um, actually he was live. I was virtual, but it was, we were both part of the, uh, the Purpose Summit with Davin Salvano. And when I watched As- Austin deliver his, there we go. Boom, boom, boom. I almost mispronounced your name here. It's live. But when I heard Austin just, you know, share his story and thriving in adversity with grit, I go, man, I, I, A, I got to get to know Austin, but I think you're met. We're in for a treat. Austin Hatch, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Great to be with both of you, Daryl as well. And yeah, I look forward to our conversation. So thanks again for having me. Well, you're, we're glad you're here, Austin, and this is going to be a very great conversation. This is going to be one that I think a lot of people are going to want to grab a notepad on because I know uh, some of the content that you're going to share is extremely powerful. But as we get started, you know the, the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and I'm curious your take on what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? I think to sell from the heart really means... Um, the main goal is to add value to the life of another human being mm. and not, to, not, not only transactionally and, you know, whatever the, the good or service we're selling to them, but to improve their, their quality of life, to add value to their, to their life in some way, shape or form. That's my, that's the way I think of it. Yeah, I, I think it's, and I, and I love what you said because if, you know, values in the eye of the beholder but we always have to be conscious of how can we help them mm-hmm. improve their lives how can we put them in a better place and how can we add value and i just you know all too often value doesn't come up that much it's i think we keep we keep it in the back of our minds but we have to bring it up to the we have to bring it up to the forefront and it's all about them it's never about us yeah that's so good um but- this a perfect answer and, and a great way to to kick this whole thing off. Um, Austin, I know that um, that you've got quite a story. Um, and you've got quite a a story of of thriving in adversity. As as we get started, um, would you be kind enough to give us a little bit of a window on into what brought you to where you are here today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, I had I had, we had, I had an incredible childhood. I was born to an amazing family in Portland, Indiana, Northeast Indiana. Um, But tragically, we were involved in a plane crash in 2003. They took the life of my mom, Julie, who was 38 at the time, my dad's high school sweetheart. My sister, sister Lindsay, who was 11, about to turn turn 12, and little brother Ian, who was only five. Um, You know, an incomprehensible loss. But, um, you know, my dad and I pressed on, found a way to keep moving forward um, and honor our, our family members who tragically passed away. We thought we knew we thought we could honor them every day about how we how we lived and how we chose to respond. So um, eventually my dad was remarried to a great a great woman named Kimberly, a lovely woman named Kimberly. We had three kids of her own. Um, we had a great blended family, restores to normalcy in my life and um, not the same obviously, but um, you know, restores to normalcy and um, I was working pretty hard on my basketball skills. Got to be pretty good fortunately. Uh, my lifelong dream was to play for Michigan. I went to, I think, one of my, my first football game, and I was about a year old. 
mm. in the big house in the big house. My mom went to oh, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> my grandpa's went to Michigan. My dad did some research at Michigan before going to medical school at Wake Forest. So it's been in my family for generations, and it was always my dream to go there. And I got the opportunity to go. Um, I was offered the opportunity, and I accepted on the spot. And um, Coach Beyond and I look forward to you know a great having a great time together at Michigan and winning some big some championships, right? But Nine days later, tragically, after I committed, nine days after I was involved in a second plane crash that took the life of my dad and my second mom, um, I never really used the term stepmom, um, and left me in a coma for about two, two and a half months um, with a long list of injuries, traumatic brain injury, punctured lungs, broken ribs, fractured clavicles, hematoma in my leg, and um, yeah, a lot of injuries, right? So I was in a coma for you know two, two and a half months, and um, came out of it. I learned how to walk and talk and live life basically. And, um, but coach Beeline came to see me in the hospital, um, and said, Austin, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk at this time. He said, I can't wait to have you on my team someday. <laughs> whenever, whenever we're able to get to Michigan, I can't wait to coach you. And I think we'll talk about this more in a few minutes, but I realized to get from where I was in the hospital bed, a wheelchair, couldn't walk to playing for Michigan, one of the best schools in the country. Um, I knew it was going to take some grit. So I think what I've been more specifically in, in our conversation here, but that's the background. Wow. Wow. Mm. What an amazing story. And um, I mean, so out of that, I love, I love that picture of the coach coming to you in the hospital and saying, when you play for my team, um, that's, that is so incredibly beautiful. So like what, how did you get from there to, the next phase. I mean, th unpack this concept of grit. This is, uh, this is so powerful because, um, I hope, you know, not all of our listeners, um, may face the same level of, of adversity that, that you faced, but boy, the, the, the things that you discovered during that season. Wow. What a, I mean, what a, what a furnace of adversity and, and to come out the other side, grit, unpack that for us. Where, how did that come about? And, and what does grit mean to you? Yeah. Well, um, as I mentioned to get from where I was in the hospital bed in a wheelchair, um, to playing for Michigan, I knew it was going to take some grit and yeah, it's been taught, been said that grit's about working hard for the long-term vision, being consistent in our action, not just intense for the short term, but consistent over the long term. That's, part of Angela Duckworth's definition. She's an incredibly smart lady at University of Pennsylvania. She wrote it, uh, I think a New York Times bestseller, maybe number one New York Times bestseller, Grit. You know, the, mm -hmm. the power of passion and perseverance. And um, she's obviously an incredibly smart lady and done great work on the, on the subject. But I felt I needed something a little bit more specific um, that I could, a more specific way that I could define grit to make sure that I was, I kind of had an actionable framework that I could, follow to give myself the best chance to give my give myself the opportunity to go to Michigan. So I found the grits, the four, four, four letters represent four key components, but first and foremost, I believe grits driven by working for a greater purpose. I think we needed to recognize what our greater purpose is because that greater purpose will drive us to do what it takes to not only overcome the adversity, but I think it'll enable us to find a way to get better because of it. So by the grace of God, I, survived you know the two tragic accidents that i was in that we met that we mentioned um and you know statistically speaking i probably shouldn't have survived according to an mit statistician named arnold bennett the odds of surviving a plane crash with, a, with at least one fatality is one in 3.4 million 
Wow. One in three per million is the odds of his final one with at least one fatality. And tragically, very tragically, but I guess, I guess fortunately, I survived two plane crashes with multiple fatalities in both. So, wow. According to the statistician at MIT, um, the the odds of that so it's one in three more per million times one in three more per million is one in eleven quadrillion five hundred sixty trillion. Wow! Wow! So so, so <laughs> if those if those numbers are right, they're in the ballpark. The 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 odds of me surviving were slim. But That's as an I mentioned, as I mentioned, by the grace of God, I survived. But my goal was to find a way to thrive in the midst of it. And so mm. I think I think working for the greater purpose is so important. That'll drive us to do what it takes to not only survive, metaphorically speaking, just get through the adversity, but I think it'll enable us to find a way to thrive in the midst of it. So um, if you want to go in it more, I can go into grit all four, yeah. or if you want to go one by one, that works too. I, hey, Daryl, this is keep this is keep this rolling, Austin. Mm-hmm. Just and then we can unpack it afterwards. But you're on a great roll, and just, let's just keep this thing going. Yeah. So we got a greater purpose. What is the R? So 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 the greater so the purpose is the first letter. Mm-hmm. That, that, that that greater purpose drives grit. And so as an acronym, um, the grit the four letters four letters is four key components. So the G to me stands for the growth mindset. The growth mindset mm-hmm. believes that ever that every setback, every failure, every adversity is really an opportunity. The growth mindset believes that even when we inevitably fall short, or even when we inevitably get a no on you know on a sale, that no is not a permanent condition. We can find a way to get better from that. And mm-hmm. when, when we lose, I actually think there's a lot more opportunity to learn than there is when we win. Um, and I think just having making the decision to have that growth mindset at all times is very important, but especially in the face of adversity, because, you know, for me, the tragic circumstances happened to me and there's nothing positive to take away from the events that took the life of my family and almost killed me too. There's nothing positive from the event at all, of course, but I was determined to find positives to take away from how I, how I chose to respond. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, if we look for the positives, we'll find them right in anything and you know what there, there's value in being being told no i think right that's a that, that that's where we learn okay i don't need to invest any more time in this particular endeavor mm-hmm. i can just move on to move, move on to the next thing or, or or whatever and i think just having that growth mindset just making that decision to find a way to grow from whatever experience because at michigan coach beeline we didn't lose that many games while i was at michigan we, i was a part of some really great teams at michigan but the, the, whenever we would lose, you know, Coach Beeline would come in the locker room and say, every time, he'd say, we're going to watch the film of the game and we're going to find a way to get better from it. We're going to watch the film of the game. We're going to review what happened, what we did well, but more importantly, what we can work on so that we can find a way, find a way to get better from it. And I think about that in the life context, right? Because mm-hmm. COVID-19, 2020 was a challenging year. There was nothing positive from COVID-19. The virus itself is terrible. It took too far too many lives. It impacted all of us in some way. But I think you, there are positives to, to take away from how we're forced to respond because learning how to win in a different way is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we had to learn how to win remotely. I mean, nobody, nobody really knew much about Zoom or maybe some people did, but not as much as we all do now. And so I think there's, there's, there's advantages that, that we had from from learning lessons from COVID the hard way, right? So yeah. yeah, I think if we just have that growth mindset, we'll we'll find a way to grow from whatever we go through. So 
Mm, that's beautiful. You know, it's it just it, it reminds me of just listening to this growth mindset. Daryl, I remember this goes back four or five months ago. I was watching a keynote from the CEO of Microsoft. And when he ended the keynote, he said, every day we must wake up with a learning mindset as opposed to a know-it-all mindset. And Austin, I think this just ties into exactly what you're saying. We have to have that growth mindset. No, for sure. And, you know, because, you know, my grandpa always says that every day is an opportunity. Right. And it really is. It's true. You know, you know, every day is an opportunity to get better. Coach Schenbeckler at Michigan, legendary football coach, said every day we get better, we get worse. And I think like the CEO of Microsoft said, you know, have, approaching every day as a learning opportunity, like recognizing the fact that we've never arrived. It doesn't matter what level you're at. You can always get better. And I, so I think having that growth mindset at all times is, is very important, but especially in the face of adversity, I think having that growth mindset will enable us to turn what appears negative on the surface into a positive by how we're forced to respond to it yeah. and how we learn from how we learn from it. So. Fantastic. Well, let's move to the R. What does the R stand for? The R to me stands for the, the decision to be resilient. Hmm. Resi resilience is a decision. It's a decision to prioritize our response to our circumstances rather than dwelling on the circumstances or the event that we can't control because life's going to throw things at us all the time that we can't control. It's gonna, it, we all face adversity every single day in some way, shape, or form. And I just believe that we should prioritize our response to that adversity because the challenges are the challenges. But and if, 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 if focusing on the challenges isn't going to do anything, I think it would make a lot more sense to prioritize our response to the challenges, right? Rather than dwelling on the event that we can't control. So, and I think um, just make that decision to be resilient at all times because, and I think one of the one of the things that we have to that we should do, um, we should prepare our lives, prepare ourselves for the big one, um, not like in fear that the big that the big one may come tomorrow or next week. But we should live our lives on a frequency, in a way like we should get used to overcoming challenges, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like it's like in school, you don't the, the final exam is not the first test you study for all semester, right? You study for the quizzes, the tests, the chapter tests, the You've done every assignment throughout the semester. So you've kind of familiarized yourself with the material throughout the course of, of, of the class, right? So mm -hmm. I think like, I think in the life context, we should familiarize ourselves. We should get used to overcoming challenges because when the big one comes, that shouldn't be the first challenge we've ever been resilient towards and overcame. So, Yeah, and it, you know, I, this is so powerful for sales because, and, you know, not to equate... Um, the challenges of sales with, you know, some of the life challenges you have had and, and many other people have um, on even survival level type things. But the reality is in sales, we're going to have failure and adversity all the time, just like sports, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to lose games. Obviously at Michigan, we don't lose that many games because we're awesome. But um, <laughs> sorry, Michigan fan, shameless plug. Love it, love it. Uh, go blue. But but seriously, though, you know, when you sign up to be in sales that for every deal you win, you're going to lose a bunch for every call you make. Um, you're going to, you know, how that successful, you're going to have many that are unsuccessful. And so having this mindset at, at the beginning of the day, beginning of the week in all the time of saying, I'm going to be resilient. I, I know there's going to be adversity. Um, I think what's cool about that in sales is if we have that mindset of resiliency, 
it actually becomes a, a training school for life in general so that when the, the big one does happen, um, you know, and, and life is full of challenges, when the big challenge does, we've actually built up a layer of resiliency in our life. And I think that's actually a beautiful thing about the sales career is we have the opportunity to build resiliency. I yeah. love that perspective. Yeah, for, for, for sure. And I'm not in sales. Well, I guess I am because I'm selling. We're all in sales. Austin, we're all in sales. Welcome. Everybody, everybody's in sales. You know, I had to sell my wife on me. So I guess <laughs> I am right. in sales. That's so right. I had, I had, to, I had to, to get her to buy at first when we were in, in college, you know, but, but I think the biggest thing about sales, you know, we talk about resilience. You can't control your circumstances, but you can always control how you respond. I think from a sales perspective, I feel like there's really only two things we can we can control, right? Fundamentally, I'm not, I shouldn't say fundamental. I'm, I'm not a master salesman by any means, but the number of people we call, mm-hmm. the, number, the number of people we try to sell to, you control that and you control the number of people you ask for referrals, right? I mean- yep. What what the other people what the other the, the people you're selling to you can't control it. maybe you can influence their decision but you can't control it Mm-mm. so like if we want to sell more we're gonna have to call more people and ask more people for referrals probably in addition to other things as well right but yeah it's so good and we talk about call reluctance all the time in sales we should probably be talking about developing call resilience um and you know because the reality is every no puts us closer to the yes tip of the hat to andrea waltz um and and all of this so i want to keep moving though we're going to move to the i now what is what is the i in grit hey but before you go austin i the tip of the cap because the i in grit is near and dear to me so i want to tee this one up so go ahead yeah well yeah so the i to me stands for integrity Mm-hmm. And of course, we all know that integrity is about being honest, doing the right thing and no one is looking, going about our business the right way, not taking shortcuts. Of course, that's true. Um, but in addition to that, I believe integrity is about following through on our commitments, especially when there's a change in circumstance. So Coach Beeline offered me a scholarship and I was playing at a pretty high level on June 15, 2011. He thought that there may be an opportunity for us to win some championships on the court by me scoring and rebounding and playing defense, helping the team win in that way. Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning of our time together, he ca- coach came to the hospital and said, when I was in a wheelchair, I couldn't walk. And he said, because he, did, he didn't know it. I could have been in a wheelchair the rest of my life at that point. And he said, Austin, whenever we get to Michigan, man, I can't wait to have you on my team. I can't wait to coach you. <laughs> and you talk about following through on our, following through on our commitment especially when there's a drastic change in circumstance. I don't know that there's a better example. I'm sure there is a better example somewhere, but I mean, I, that's a pretty darn good one as far as I'm concerned. And, wow. you know, you know, coach and coach even said that when I, you know, I, I missed, you know, of course I thanked him and expressed my gratitude and told the, told, you know, he's changed, changed my life forever. And he said, awesome. There's not a coach in the country who would have done what we did. It was a no brainer. And I think about that from a, from an organizational cultural perspective, right? If we get, if we can have everyone on the team who makes it a priority to follow through on 100% of what we commit to 100% of the time, I can't guarantee you that that's going to mean we win, but it's going to help, right? And it's very much within our control because we can't make every shot. The ball is not going to bounce away all the time. Sometimes the market's going to do what the market's going to do. People are going to be as eager to buy for whatever reason, but that follow through on the commitment, like, 
coach coach talked about um, he had a pretty complex offense at Michigan. He said it's not easy. It's not an easy offense to execute the right way, but it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. You either execute or you don't. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 you either play hard or you don't play hard, right? Like following through on our commitment, while it's not, it's not always easy, it's simple though, right? It's really yep. either you follow through or you don't. And, you know, it's like it's, that's a life thing though because it's like, you know, I think in business, in family, in marriage, in sports, it's just learning how to consistently follow through on everything that you say we're going to do all the time. It's going to help us win, however you define winning. So, mm. I, I mean, integrity is near and dear to me. And quite simply, integrity keeps you at the top. It just, you know, I'm a big believer. Walk with integrity and never, ever, ever break a promise. Stay true to your word. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, Austin, you said it's that simple, but sometimes, you know, things happen. But it's just yeah. if we can focus on just never breaking a promise, staying true to our word, because integrity, in my opinion, keeps you at the top of your game. Absolutely. Yeah. Something else that my grand my grandpa says is um so he he was a he he was a you know an executive and you know for some for for, for case and GM and RJ Reynolds, some pretty good companies back in the day. You know, he he's been retired for you know a while now. But he said um one of his big things is and this goes ties in quite well to the integrity, the the prompt following through on commitments, he said. I, I always commit to, or I, I always deliver what I commit to, and I only commit to what I know I can deliver, right? Mm-hmm. I only promise what I know I can actually follow through on. And I think about it like, that's another side to it too, because I mean, I mean, it, it's it's easy to make, make, make a big promise and everything's all good, right? When business is good and, you know, of course, selling a lot. Oh, oh yeah, of course, of course I'll do that for for my, my teammate or, or I'll get this to you by this date or whatever, whatever the circumstance may be. But I just think about like, even, especially when things get tough, when, 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 when sale, when you have some, some ad, an adverse season of your business, whatever your business may be, there's going to be tough and tough times. And that's when it's especially important because it's a little thing, not well, well it's a big thing, but it, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't st- show up on the P and L. But mm-hmm. it's going to help you win. I yeah. can't guarantee you that, but I feel like the only impact following through on every commitment, everybody on the team doing that, the only impact that's going to make is a positive one. So what I conclude from this, though, if making a commitment is a common thing in sales, a lot of people make commitments, I would think, in, in, mm-hmm. in, the, sale, in the sales industry across the country, across the world. But it's not very common for people to follow through on those commitments when there's a change in circumstance. So if or not as common, at least. So, if following through on a commitment when there's a change in circumstance is doing a common thing in an uncommon way. It's doing a common thing in an uncommon way, and I believe the result of doing the common things in an uncommon way consistently is we're going to leave people in places a little better than we found them. And you know, what more can we ask of anyone than to leave people in places better than we found them? So, my dad and I would go to McDonald's for breakfast a couple of days a week. Um, and I was a doctor. And, you know, we saw 50, 60 patients a day, really busy guy. Um, but I learned this from a family friend last summer, actually, that, that the cashier who was always there at the McDonald's on DuPont Road in Fortin, Indiana, was a guy named Josiah. And my family friend told me that Josiah, the cashier from McDonald's on DuPont Road, was at my parents' funeral after my dad passed away in 2011. And 
the reason I say that is, is because I think my dad, I, I should have been paying more attention to it at the time. I wasn't. It was, you know, it was early in the morning. It's 7 a.m. And, you know, I'm a high school kid. It was early, whatever. Um, but my dad did a common thing. Go to McDonald's, get your coffee, get your breakfast sandwich in an uncommon way. And that made Josiah want to go celebrate his life after he was, after he'd already passed away. Josiah didn't go there to support my dad. My dad was already gone tragically. Josiah went for him hmm. because he, because he wanted to celebrate my dad's life. And I think about like, it was nothing big. I'm sure, you know, like I said, my dad saw 50, 60 patients. He was really busy. Maybe he took an extra five seconds, told Josiah, thanks for all you do. Praying for you and your family. Have a great day. See you next time. Or I don't know. Right. But he gave, he, he gave, he gave that, that he made that 0.1% extra effort. Maybe it was 0.01 extra effort, mm. right? Took, took an extra five seconds. Instead of getting the food and just driving off, maybe he took a second, hey, how's your, how's your morning? Have a great day praying for, I don't know, right? But I think about like, we if we can all just get that little bit of extra effort to invest in our clients, our teammates, our, the people who we interact with, that's gonna help us win too, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've, we got a growth mindset. We've got uh, resiliency. We got integrity. What is the T as we wrap up today? This is so great, Austin. Yeah, well, I think the T, well, the, the T to me is the team first mentality. I think we should always think about the team first. We should train ourselves to think we before me. We should remember that every person on every, on every team on the planet has a role, and that mm. role is important. Otherwise, that, that person probably wouldn't be on the team, right? So I have the very proud title of the all-time lowest-scoring Full scholarship athlete in Michigan basketball <laughs> history. But, hey, Dude, hey, it's so, all good, man. That's but, great. But, but, but hey, but you know what? If what I could do was shag balls in practice, unload lugs on road trips, rebound for my teammates and shoot around before games and bring positive energy to the gym every day, hey, and work, and, and work as hard as I could to be the best that I could be, if that's what I could do, it's what I could do. My goal was to become a success by Coach John Wooden's standards. And Coach John Wooden said, success is peace of mind attained only from knowing you made the effort to become the best of which you were capable. Not the mm. best of which, uh, not the best of which other people say you should be, the best of which you were capable. I wasn't capable of being a star of the team. I have teammates in the NBA now. I'm really happy for them. They were really good at Michigan. They're really good in the NBA. I couldn't, I couldn't play the way they could. I scored one point in four years. I scored one point in four years. But what I could do, was be positive, encourage my teammates, shag balls in practice, be a great teammate. Hey, it doesn't take any skill to be a great teammate. We can all do that. And mm. I, I just, I think about if, if we can just think about the team first and remember that every person on every team has a role and that our role, if we're on the team, our role must be important because otherwise it's not worth the coach, the leader's time to have us on the team if our role doesn't, doesn't matter. So. Yeah, I just think if we think about that team first all the time and just remember that every day of the week, a rising tide lifts all boats. There's no way it can't. Like, there's no way that leading, but working as hard as you can to be the best that you can be, there's no way that can't be motivating or inspiring or encouraging for other people. If, 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 if they see us working hard to be the best that we could be, it's going to rub off every time. So... I just think awesome. thinking about the t yeah. thinking about the team first at all times is very important, and especially when we go through challenges as an organization. Though, um, just remembering that it's going to take a team to overcome any obstacle. We all we all have different roles, 
We're, we're, we're not all the C-suite or, or, or leaders or managers or whatever, but everybody has a role and the role is very important. So I, I love it, Austin, when yeah. you said every role matters. It's just what a great podcast, Daryl. It's an incredible conversation, Austin. I just I want to thank you so much for sharing time with us today. I, I love I love your story. I love your heart. I love your message. All of it is so aligned with uh, who we are as a community at Selling from the Heart. And just on behalf of the whole Selling from the Heart community, I, I want to say a huge thank you. This has been wonderful. No, well, thank you both so much, Daryl and Larry, for having me. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else that I can do to serve you all or add value in any way? You know how to get in touch. So thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll wish you all the very best. No, it's our pleasure. Thanks, Austin. Fantastic. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, you know, uh, so so much great stuff here and to to do, but I I, I think this grit um, acronym and the things we've learned today about a growth mindset, integrity, I'm um, sorry, resiliency, integrity, and teamwork. To me, Larry, this is something where where I want to sit down with this and just kind of give a little self assessment and go, how am I doing in each one of these areas? Like on a scale of one to ten. Um, where, where am I lacking and, and what do I need to do to fill this up? Cause this is the stuff that Austin shared is so core to everything we believe is selling from the heart. And I think it was fantastic. Yeah. Same here. And, and, you know, if we look back at the course of the recent events, um, you know, something that, that I took away from what Austin said is, you know, we can control what we can control. We can't control what I always mm -hmm. call the uncontrollables but we can control how we show up. And That's if we right. can show up with grit, the way Austin shared what grit stood for, we're going to leave people in such a better place. It's, it's so good. So that's our challenge this week is sit down with this acronym grit and uh, go, wh where, how am I doing in each one of these areas? We want to say a huge uh, shout out once again to our friends at bomb bomb. Uh, we just so appreciate you and the way you support all this going on at Selling from the Heart. And uh, check that out, bombbomb.com slash heart. Try it for free for 14 days. Huge shout out to everyone in the Selling from the Heart community. This is a growing movement of sales professionals that are dedicated to selling from the heart, being authentic, being genuine, adding real value. We appreciate that. We appreciate you leaving reviews for the podcast on whatever platform you listen on, that helps us spread the word. So if you'd be kind enough at the end of this to leave us a quick review on iTunes, on Google, on YouTube, wherever you're listening in, we certainly would appreciate that. But hey, let's take some time, Larry. Let's, let's evaluate ourselves on this acronym of GRIT. And I think this is going to really be fantastic for our, all of us, including ourselves, not just the audience. No, I, I I totally agree, and you know I would I would even go one step further and apply that to how you work with your clients and your future clients. Oh, Think about beautiful. that one for a second. That's beautiful. Well, once again, thank you for joining us this week. We've got some exciting episodes queued up for you, so make sure to hit subscribe. And until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, develop grit, and most of all, sell from the. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. 
So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.